0: Hello, this is former Fox
1: Sports Wisconsin anchor and proud fellow Wauwatosen, Jeff Grayson. From my position high in the booth, it appears conditions are good for this much-anticipated matchup. Let's go down to the studio. The action is about to start. It's Season 4 of the Bait and Switch Podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. It was very smooth. Well, let me finish. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's do it again. again. Take two. Here we go. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. This is Chris Beyer, as always, with my co-host, Jim Martin.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Late Night on the Bait and Switch podcast.
1: Earlier today, I was out at T-Mobile with my daughter. Okay. She had some cell phone issues. Have you seen the ads, the T-Mobile ads, where they show the map of the United States? Yeah, it's all pink. It's all pink. But mm-hmm. there's one very conspicuous area that there's no coverage. And I saw this again when I was at the store and I saw the map up close. Mm-hmm. There's something about Nebraska and T-Mobile. They don't mix. Interesting. Yeah. Nebraska. Nebraska is like the Area 51 of mobile communication.
0: Maybe there's just no people there.
1: That could be. Well, yeah. one of the persons that we have on our show the person we have on our show tonight. Is Tim Brennan. That wasn't the smoothest of uh, transitions, no, but I'm just going to no. go with it. Uh, but <laughs> Tim Brennan, uh, we, we got from Mike Stricker, who, if our listeners remember a month or so back, was on our show. And he's a comedian, Mike Stricker, in the Chicago area. And he referred us to another comedian in the Chicago area, and it's Tim Brennan. Welcome, Tim. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being here, Tim. Appreciate I it. I was just
2: in Nebraska, actually, pretty recently. And now you mentioned it. Yeah, service was a little bit slow there. Are you, are you a
0: T-Mobile guy?
2: No, no, I'm AT&T.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what it was, but as far as not many people, there was enough at the show, so oh, I was that's happy good. with that.
1: Omaha or Lincoln or where were you? I was in Omaha.
2: Are you a full-time comedian? Um, For now, going on the road when I can. Of course, with the pandemic, it's just nice to actually get back to performing regularly and being able to write more like during quarantine was there wasn't a lot to write about
0: oh i don't know hey tim you're, oh, you hold cut on, on tim. hold on yeah you cut out yeah 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 you've been freezing up a couple of times i think you got spotty internet there no it's are you still in that.
1: nebraska <laughs> <laughs>
2: It hey, says uh, it
1: says your bandwidth is low and I know that's a sensitive topic for a man but uh <laughs> um, well we'll continue but you said that during the pandemic you weren't finding a lot of material with that and you weren't getting out probably much
2: Yeah uh, I mean you need to draw the inspiration from somewhere and when you know you're not allowed to leave home uh working from home pretty much doing everything in my apartment there's only, only so much material I can get out of that <laughs> Yeah so yeah. It's nice to actually get out, perform more and actually have some experiences to draw inspiration from Currently dog sitting. So there's material developing here now. I was just going to
0: ask. I was just going to ask are you get any material from dog sitting. That's exactly my- <laughs> that's <true. laughs>
2: Uh The way I write usually is I look at things in retrospect. So after I have to leave these two, that's probably when most of the inspiration will come. But so far I'm making the comparisons. Like my brother just had a kid. uh, So I have a nephew now. And I'm thinking like the correlation between me taking care of these dogs and what my brother's going through being a first time dad.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Probably, probably very similar. When I had a dog, I I realized it was like the two-year-old that would never grow up, never going to go to the bathroom by itself. It's never going to learn how to feed itself. It's just going to, you know, there is always (laughs)
1: that guilt you have when you're a pet owner before you have kids. And when people start talking about their kids, that you want to make comparisons of your animals to their actual children. And and you're thinking they can't take offense to this, but they always give you that look like, are we doing this? Are you comparing your dog to my kid?
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like when those conversations come up, like a lot of my friends are parents. So I'll try to relate somehow to that. Right. Just be like, yeah, I know what you're going through. And it's like, first off, no, I don't. Right. But second, it's like, well, why are they talking to me about it? They know I don't have kids. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, no, right. I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> yeah.
1: So so let's get back to Mike Stricker. Did you meet Mike through comedy or is he somebody you knew before comedy?
2: I met Mike uh, through comedy. I was about a year or maybe a year and a half in. And so he was, uh, I think, around two or three years. So he was someone that I just kind of like, OK, this this dude's funny. <laughs> my new comedy friend. I kind of made the decision for both of us. Oh, there you <laughs>
1: go. Are a lot of your friends now in comedy? Has that kind of become the main source of your socializing?
2: Not really. Uh, like, they're the way I look at comedy is a lot of times it's like coworkers. So there are some people like you'll work at an office and then you leave that office, and so you'll stay in touch with some people. So a lot of my friends are actually just outside of comedy. Okay. When did you decide you want to get into comedy? I've always been a fan of comedy. My uncle's a comedian. Like he'd send us videotapes of like his TV spots or whatever. Have you ever seen the movie Joe Dirt? I don't think I've seen the movie.
0: I, I know it's it. I have heard of it, but. He
2: was a writer on that movie. Oh, really? Okay. Is, is my favorite movie.
0: <laughs> is, that, is that? I mean, I might be making myself sound like a fool now, but is that Jack Black? David Spade. That's, uh, David Spade. David yeah. Spade. Okay. Okay.
1: Like Jim said, you know, you made the decision to get into comedy, which is that's not a common choice, you know, to tell people that you're going to be a comedian, tell your folks you're going to be a comedian, obviously. And think about how it's going to work out from a monetary standpoint and whatnot. How tough was it? Are you are you all in? I mentioned, you know, other jobs and whatnot. Is is comedy? You know, is that your future?
2: It's what I'd like to be in my future. I don't see myself really leaving Chicago. Just, this is home to me. So it would be nice to be able just at least to make a living without having to move to New York or LA, which is, it's where most comics seem to go when they want to take it to the next level. Yeah. My goal isn't to like be on TV or anything just as long if once it gets to a point where I can make as much money doing comedy as I can just at a regular day job, that is my goal. Anything that happens after that is just extra.
0: Sure. Sure. Gravy, yeah, nice. Yeah. Are you interested in uh, like writing at all, like your like your uncle did, or are you just thinking about, I mean, stand up or both, or doesn't really matter as long as it's comedy?
2: Um, stand up is my main focus. I am doing uh, some writing on a new web series uh, that's going to be. We're going to start actually filming pretty soon with just a couple other local comics, Brooke Sullivan. I don't know if Mike had talked about him. Uh, uh, he's a good buddy of mine, but he had uh, developed. A web series or tv show and so i became a writer on that where i just punched some of the lines up do some of the writing uh which isn't something i ever planned on doing but the opportunity was presented to me during quarantine and while i couldn't be going out and performing i thought it would be fun to at least try and it's starting to uh really take off like as far as us making progress with it That's so cool. hopefully Yeah, I don't know when it'll be out or anything, but it's been a lot of fun to work on. It's something I didn't think I'd be doing.
0: Sure. Right. So now when you do the writing for a show like that, do you get input on how the lines are delivered then?
2: Yeah, it's um, there's three main characters in it. So I work with them so they can tell me, like, if something isn't something their character would say. So we'll try writing things like lines a few different ways. It's much different than writing stand-up because stand-up is all from my perspective Mm -hmm. as opposed to writing from a fictional character perspective.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. I would, I would think it's gotta be a little bit more. um, I was going to say a little bit more difficult, but a little more research involved a little bit more, um, you know, you got, you have to understand these characters at the same time, you know, so it's like a whole separate thing that you have to get involved with is the story and the show and the characters and everything else. And then come up with the comedic lines for these guys at the same time.
2: Yeah. And I think uh, just what I've noticed, like, working on this project is the more in-depth we get to writing these characters, kind of the easier it is to write for them. Because we know, okay, this is their personality. This is some a situation that they would be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, it's almost kind of liberating. <laughs> rather than writing stand-up because it's all from my perspective so if a joke that i write as tim brennan bombs i feel like i take the blame for that but like with <laughs> no. the web series
0: come on come on tim. <laughs> <Blame> <laughs> the it, it, yeah.
2: <laughs> it happens you saw the you saw the video right yep. yeah yeah yeah
0: they, they, there's a couple that didn't land with those guys yeah 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 <laughs>
2: Uh, But, like, if the character that I'm writing for, if a line bombs for them, like, I don't feel, like, bad about it just because it's like, oh, well, they hated what the character said, not what Tim said.
1: Now In in Chicago, uh, one of the big names in comedy, there's the Second City uh, Mm -hmm. comedy uh, stage there. A lot of that is improv, but they also have stand-up there as well. Have you ever played at that venue? Is that a goal of yours if you haven't?
2: Um, I have not performed there. I actually started improv and stand up at the same time, and so I only did like two weeks of improv, and then I just decided, okay, I'm just gonna do stand up from now on. Um, I respect what people in improv do, I think it's a cool art form.
0: Yeah, I thought I did some improv, I took a couple of uh classes with comedy sports, that was a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be because I, I felt like oh man it's arrogant but i felt like this scene i could take it if we go this way just follow me this direction it'll be hilarious i know it will be and then they go somewhere else like ugh okay fine one of my
2: cousins was at comedy sports mm-hmm. and does the improv thing and yeah. he's really good at it but yeah for me it was always just stand-up was more my calling
1: mm-hmm. yep yeah i was gonna say jim took it in a different direction he his idea was no but right yeah. yeah, not
2: yes and, but yeah. no but.
0: Yeah,
1: no but. <laughs> no but. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything <laughs> was like no, that.
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing. It was very hard for me to commit to the yes and thing. Some, yep. it's like in my mind, some of the situations I'm just like, this is dumb.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> no, right, exactly. No, I'm I'm with you on that. So Completely. you're another no but guy. Yeah, I started our own uh, improv group. <laughs> It's gonna be a very short show. It is, it is. And it's gonna be all over the place.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is now in the Chicago area is again, I know that Second City does have a stand-up room as well, not just uh, improv. Is that one of the uh or perhaps the biggest stage to get on in the Chicago area?
2: Yeah, I would say it's one of the bigger stages to get on. That of course there's Laugh Factory. Uh then in Schaumburg is the improv, which is I'm gonna be there actually in two weeks.
1: What's the total number of comedy venues in the Chicago area, do you think, approximately?
2: Um, um, Well, there's two Zanies. Then there's Laugh Factory. Then there is the Improv. Then Up, which is the Second City Comedy Club. Mm-hmm. So there's five. I really don't want to leave any out because then they probably won't book me if they hear this.
0: Probably not. When they <laughs> hear it, you mean? But, this, but, is, this is going yeah, nationwide.
2: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> good five to Um, ten good yeah yeah we'll say that between five and ten
1: and you just got back from nebraska do you when you go on a tour you hit you know five six different places or something like that in the midwest
2: uh it depends on like nebraska it was just nebraska like we were trying to get like a run going um we were going to do something in iowa and then we were going to do something in south dakota but both of those fell through uh so we just ended up having uh two shows in nebraska that my friend jeremy uh set up for us which was really cool and then we got on a third show actually so we ended up doing three shows in just omaha which was super fun wow it's That's one of cool. my favorite cities like i've been there that was my second time performing there and fourth show overall in omaha and i'd have to say it's one of yeah top three favorite cities that i've really been yeah really? totally
0: I've, I've never been to omaha hmm.
2: It's a lot of fun. It's It reminds me of Chicago, kind of, but just on a much smaller scale. Mm-hmm.
1: I know yeah. Omaha is one of Peyton Manning's favorite towns. Oh, yeah. Omaha,
0: Omaha. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> but uh, now, Jim and I have uh, watched uh, some of your stuff on YouTube. And when we we're talking about it before the show, we both mentioned that uh, you did a joke or you mentioned that you'd lost a significant amount of weight. You said you lost about 75 pounds.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Around that.
1: Yeah, I so get- how did you do it? And was it tough?
2: Um it started, I got sober. So I needed something to occupy my time. And so I started going to the gym a lot and then just tried to start eating better. Like once I have a very addictive personality. So like once I'm doing something, I go all in with it. So when I was drinking, I was all about drinking. <laughs> um It's important and, to have hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> I had to completely cut that out of my life like i wasn't someone who could moderate mm-hmm. so i needed something to replace that with so i went all in at the gym and uh eating healthy as a kind of just a substitute for drinking and yeah i've drank in five years now
0: oh nice congratulations <laughs> thank Very
2: you nice.
1: do you think that the the bar atmosphere the the comedy atmosphere had a lot to do with your alcohol and that you're always in places where there's a lot of alcohol
2: not really um Alcohol for me was always just a social thing just to loosen up and talk to people. Like when I was doing comedy, like when I first started, I would drink because I needed that confidence to get on stage. Sure. That's how it starts. But after I started doing comedy, like for a couple months, I wouldn't drink really at all during um, like before or during my sets uh, because I wanted to be in the moment. I wanted to focus on my material. Mm-hmm. after was a completely different story so like i drank a lot like at home just because i wanted to be you know kind of frugal being in comedy like i wasn't making a ton of money so to save money i drank a lot at home
1: you were a thrifty drunk
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i wanted to get drunk i just didn't want it to pay for it sure and i yeah, wasn't yeah. that good at comedy where people were buying me drinks <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so i was um in the living room the other day so I had, I had something, you know, I was cooking something or whatever. And I went in the living room, I was watching TV and the timer went off for this thing and I didn't want it to burn. So I, I, you know, jog, run into the kitchen to get the timer and boom, all of a sudden I'm on the ground. It feels like somebody stabbed me in the calf. And I had injured myself running from the living room to the kitchen to get to the taquitos <laughs> <laughs> that i was cooking so i think i might also have some that might of be the saddest issue.
2: sentence i've ever heard.
0: it really is you know <laughs> everything about it is bad except the taquitos right but if
2: like it, if it ends with you burning the roof of your mouth then yeah. the taquito right right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> right right so so you're, you're so. implying that you're kind of out of shape from the pandemic and now all it takes now is just going to the kitchen to get injured
0: uh, yeah, exactly. I, I and that couldn't... it's a
2: good idea to stretch before you're making taquitos.
0: Before, yes, before. That's it. There you go. It's a PSA right there. Yeah. So I, I feel like, um, yeah, I may have to start exercising a little bit more than I have been.
2: That's so. what I started going back to the gym pretty recently, mm-hmm. uh, and they still want you to wear a mask in the gym, which is fine. Sure. But it is so much harder. Like I was on the elliptical and just breathing and trying to work out with a mask on. It's really tough.
0: Oh I'll bet yeah I, I wouldn't know, but I'll bet it is yeah
2: <laughs> well, at first I was like, oh wow, I got really really out of shape, mm-hmm. which I did, but it was nice that I could blame it on the mask too no oh, yeah. like no, no no, it's yeah no, definitely it's just yeah. I can't breathe with the mask <laughs>
0: right, right, yeah I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, also I'm you know i'm it's not just covid I've been working at home for like whatever. Well, since COVID started, I guess, but, and I'm a, I'm a software engineer, so I'm sitting at my desk all the time. I have to make a concerted effort to actually exercise.
2: I was exercise. working going to my office. Like uh-huh. I didn't realize like, Oh, how much exercise that is for me to, you know, walk the half a mile to the train station, mm-hmm. then walk a few blocks to get to my office and then do it on the way back home. Commute is now going from my bedroom to my living room.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. All these things you're talking about aren't really exercise. It's just called being alive.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: it. <laughs> you know, I,
1: I get people in my profession where I ask them if they do exercise, and they'll, with a straight face and no sense of irony, say, I do laundry. <laughs> Jeez.
0: I run and for I, taquitos. Well,
1: the other thing I get is when I ask people if they do exercise, they always start in with the story about how they're just about to start in with this Intense exercise routine that's going to begin mm-hmm. as soon as they leave my office. Because <laughs> yeah. that next day is going to be when they start to train for the marathon. Uh, it's never <laughs> the day before. No. Nope. nope. I just started and doing it's, that yesterday. Cycle right?
2: I no. kind of got caught in too, especially in the like, when I was really trying to convince myself to go to the gym. I got caught in that high of just thinking about going to the gym. Like yeah. it felt like I accomplished something. It's yeah. it's a subtle <laughs>
1: difference the thinking about and the doing it, but it's really. It's important. Yeah.
2: And I think that's why like the most important thing, like I was taught when I really wanted to make a habit of going to the gym was the biggest part or like the biggest accomplishment when going to the gym is just getting there. Because mm-hmm. once you get there, you're yeah. at least gonna do something.
0: Yep. Yep. Getting what started mean? always the always the toughest part. Just if you're trying to work at home, just do five push ups first and then you'll just keep rolling. You just go
1: Yeah. And probably the same could be said of comedy that the getting up on stage was the hardest thing. Once you got up there and you did it over and over again, yeah, it got easier.
2: Yes. I actually had this conversation with someone uh, last week at a wedding because it came up that I'm a comedian. And a lot of times I will hear the oh, I've always wanted to do that. I just, I don't know how to get started or, hey, I'm just about to start doing that. It comes back to that too. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and I just told him and he's like, well, what advice do you have? I'm just like, you got to get the first one out of the way. The first one you're going to be off of. It's going to be tough that you might not, you know, be as funny as you think you are. And if you can get through that one, then you can keep, you're going to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Because like, luckily my first time I did okay. And I've been chasing that high Mm. (laughs) of doing just okay.
0: Yeah.
2: And eventually I think I'm going to get there again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get back to okay. Well, that's uh, high aspirations there, Tim.
2: Yeah. I just want one critic to just say he was meh. Yeah. <laughs> You'll, get there. All You'll
1: get there, Tim.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> so
1: uh, one question we asked of your fellow comedian, Mike, was who have you worked with? He mentioned the Jackass guys. You might have worked yep. with them, perhaps. Is there any other name that we might know?
2: Uh, yeah, I've worked with, with Mike. Mike had that all set up. So I was lucky enough to do some of the shows with the Jackass guys and become friends with them open for Burke Kreischer. Okay, I've did a that couple name. shows with him, which was cool. Uh, Jamie Kennedy recently. I was I worked with him at the Improv, so that was a lot of fun. Finesse uh, Finesse Mitchell was another one who okay. was a SNL yep. alumni. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you, you but, open in the Chicago area for national acts that come into town.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And uh, lucky enough to go with Mike with uh the jackass guys when they're when they're on the road too
1: yeah well as we mentioned we're going to kind of do two parts here and the next part i want to get into a little bit more of uh your influences and the the, uh, how comedy what directions comedy is going into so let's take a little bit of a minute break here and we'll come back in in just a couple minutes
0: Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast for the conclusion of our interview with comedian Tim Brennan.